You are listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 93, sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe, YouBuyNow.com, and the Netflix. Welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 93. San Diego's over. Uh, Woo! <laughs> it's been over for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, but not Woo! in my mind. I still wake up screaming. <laughs> I am Josh. I'm here with Ron. Hey. And Connor. Hello. This, of course, is iFanboy.com, where we uh, like to talk about comic books and read about them, not necessarily in that order. Every week, we all read our books, and one of us is tasked with picking the best thing out of their stack, and uh, then we write a review on the website and then come here and talk about it on the podcast. Since we're talking about the books that came out, you should know that uh, we may talk about plot points and uh, spoilers. So uh, if you haven't read your books yet, pause, come back later, you'll like it more then. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, and Ron had a big old stack, and you had the pick. Yeah, I, I rolled the dice this week and I lost. I think I got the most out of all three of us this week. I had like 16 books. 13. Yeah. Um, on top of the uh, Essential Dazzler Volume 1 that I bought. Right, because that <laughs> uh, wouldn't have waited till next week. That was going to sell out right away. That was brilliant, man. Um, did, you, uh, did you already read it? I read some of it. Jeez. Chris Claremont, John Burns, Sal Buscema, John Romita Sr., Black <laughs> and White. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. You didn't need uh, to buy it right away. Oh, well, I wanted to. It was there. Anyway, so um, so I had a big old stack, and it took a while to get through. And it was, and we've talked about before, you know, in previous weeks, how when there's a lot of books come out, you know, sometimes they're all not so great, or they're all really, really good, or you know, like they're all every, every different kind of permutation has happened. This is one of the weeks where I sat there and I'm looking at like I was looking at like five or six books I could have picked from, and ultimately I ended up um, netting out on Powers number twenty five as being the one that that really kind of got me. Um, but it was a matter of inches between about you know a couple of other books, um, and we'll get to that a little later on. But um, Powers number 25, there's kind of a stigma at iFanboy where we try not to choose Powers because we feel as if we've chosen it so much um, in the past. But everybody but, was like – everybody was like, you don't ever talk about that book. Which is funny, yeah. It shows how well, our – Not since the show started. We used to before. We had exactly. the podcast. Yeah. Pick it every fourth – you know, I went back and looked, and the last time we chose it was in uh, winter of 2006. I believe it was the pick of the week on the very first show we ever did. I it might yes, I believe you're correct, and yeah, I think that was the last the last time we picked it. No, so I felt like it was due. It that also was the last time it came out. Well, I was just say it doesn't hurt that only four issues have come out since then. So yeah. um, and that's been one of the things that I mentioned in the review on iFanboy.com. If you go back and read it, is that the past year Bendis is writing half of the Marvel universe. Mike Oming is is doing a lot of work. He's doing Omega Flight. He's got his own book, The Mice Templar, going. <laughs> Mike Oming is the Richard Taylor of comics. Yeah, he he, um, he did um, he did the Cross Bronx a little while ago. So he's been very very busy with stuff, and so it makes sense that like Lord knows I know in my personal life my personal projects take a backseat to the paying gigs and to the one where you've got somebody where you're actually held accountable. And it's so it's no surprise to me that powers have kind of slowed down in the past year. But luckily enough, it's no surprise to them either, and I th- and they I think they're taking steps to rectify that. And I mentioned in the review as well, recently uh, uh, John over at wordballoon.com wrapped up the latest edition of the Bendis Marathon interviews and it was you know great as usual. But in it they talked a lot about the changes that were coming to Powers and Bendis talked about how he really liked 
you know, Fell and Casanova and really liked the, the lower price point and the smaller issue, um, a smaller page count, and wanted to do something different with Powers when they changed the format. And as opposed to going cheaper and shorter, they decided to go in the other direction, and they went more expensive and longer. Mm-hmm. So, they went faster, more intense. Yeah, exactly. Faster, more intense. So what we've got now is with issue number 25 is the first issue. The, it's now three ninety five. But you get forty pages of comics of of a comic book and no ad and no ad no ad well ads for their own stuff I mean there's an ad for Mice Templar and well, you that's, know but, that's so unobtrusive though yeah I know no no I'm but yeah but it's, it's it's the back cover there's no interior ad exactly correct and so you've got more pages of story you've got enough they got enough cushion to do their um to do their reviews and their you know their their long letter column and everything which I love which takes you know just as many days to read you know as my whole stack takes but so it's I, I for one I welcome this change. I three ninety five I think is reasonable. Is um a, it's a dollar more. There are a lot of books that Marvel and DC sell for three ninety nine that are still twenty two pages. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I don't Every, think everything from Boom Studios is is four bucks. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So um I think that this is this is definitely worth it for the money. Um and then coming back on um specifically on the issue, uh the last issue that we saw kind of ended the story arc. And there was there've been a lot of chatter online and stuff like that about you know is are they just going through the motion of the powers is it just kind of over and over again I remember when we were in San Diego we were talking to Jonathan London from Geekscape and he was just saying you know it's just it's the same issue over and over again like I don't care about this anymore I and I and feels like I can see that so I don't I don't know if I agree with it but I can see that point of view but what I, like I wonder if it feels like that just because like these concepts that we're dealing with were introduced a long time ago but not necessarily in book time true yeah yeah that's that's a good point too but the thing the thing but is also also Sorry to interrupt, but it's also happening in other books have taken this idea. The concepts that are yeah, being Yeah, the concepts and powers are being used in other superhero books, so it feels familiar even though it's not yeah. uh, powers familiar. And that, that's something that I don't think there's any way that we can define exactly what it is. It's just that kind of weird feeling that could be influenced by the I, – I, I don't feel like that. I mean I, – I, Yeah, I, I don't. I don't I yeah, neither do I. I think, when you yeah. said it, I think all three of us disagreed with that. Yeah. yeah. The, the, but, I, but the one criticism I had of the previous story arc was I felt as if there were two important things that have been introduced that really weren't explored that much were the fact that the, the powers – for those who don't read the book, it's a book about – two homicide detectives who are partners in a world where superheroes exist and they're homicide detectives in the powers division so they investigate crimes that occur among superheroes or against superheroes or in and around the, the world of powers and walker the big guy used to have superpowers no longer has them or no, when the book started didn't have them and his partner dina pilgrim is funky little chick with blonde, uh, with short blonde hair um, as the book has progressed and in the last issue, Pilgrim accidentally got powers from a powers virus, that, the powers that she doesn't want, that she can't control, and she's actually killed people. And um, Walker has received has become the Earth's protector from some cosmic force. He's like Green Lantern. Over, over yeah, Green Lantern. He, yeah, yeah, exactly. So this book, so the, and that, that happened in the last arc. And but there was another storyline going with that stuff kind of happening in the background, and I always felt as if those are two huge concepts that aren't being touched upon as much as I feel as if they should be. And it kind of makes sense now because issue number twenty-five picks up with a new story arc, eight months after the last issue, and it. Well, I was going to say, and, and this is a point that I think is I was thinking about this, and we always say read it from the beginning. I think you could buy this. Yeah, you could pick up at this issue. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. I, took, yeah, absolutely. Like if honestly. If we if you go away from anything from this podcast and you've been thinking about trying powers and you don't want to go back and buy all the trades, go and buy this book. 
Yeah, because there's, no, there's not. I, I I couldn't I couldn't recommend a better book. Yeah, I mean, number one, this is one of the best books out there, and it's been one of the best books for seven or eight years now. Um, and while we thoroughly recommend you go buy all the trades and catch up and read and read it, if you haven't read Powers before with issue twenty five, I think you could jump on and get a feel for it. There's a recap in the inside cover, mm-hmm. um, and you could dive right in. But it looks as if the main thrust of this story arc, or at least a large portion of it, is the fact that now it's eight months later, Pilgrim has been missing. Internal Affairs has started to investigate her, and she got freaked out, and she's disappeared. Walker, you can obviously tell, has been trying to find her, as well as deal with his new double duty of having being a cop and being Earth's protector. And what's, what I found really interesting was that it, it didn't start off with an eight months later. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 Admittedly, in the previously in Powers, in the blurb on the inside cover, in very small text, it says that was, eight, that was months ago, dot, dot, dot. So you don't know how much time has passed. But instantly in the first page, I could tell time had passed because um, Walker's hair was subtly different. Subtly, subtly different. Mm-hmm. Not suddenly, subtly different. He looked thinner. He looked tired. You could tell that time had elapsed from the last issue, and as the story progressed and you saw that he was exhausted from you know, doing his day job and then having to go protect the Earth from aliens, and you see a, big, a great fight scene with the aliens, it, it, really, it really kind of showed. And that subtle touch in the art to explain that time passed I thought was just so elegant and so you know, mature that it, would just, it deserved to be highlighted. Additionally um, – they changed colorists with this issue, and not that the last colorist was bad, but I definitely noticed a difference in the colors of this issue. I the actually, colors, the colors left off the pages. See, I really liked the last colorist, and I didn't like this one as much. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I, not that I didn't. The thing is, I never. The thing is, I never noticed the colors in, with the last colorist. No, I did because there was so yeah. many. There's so many things in the other book that I thought, um, like there's those interrogation room scenes with the drainer where it's kind of green and. Like I always thought they yeah. had this really nice glow effect to stuff that I yeah. always, always love the coloring in Powers. Yeah. Um, and this is a little different, which I guess is, is not – it's funny because when you talk about the look of the book, there's an increased page count, but all the panels seem a lot bigger. Yeah. I mean it seems as if they, they, they kind of took away the restrictions like where you kind of got the feeling that maybe the 22 pages were keeping them from telling the story on the on the scale that they wanted yeah. to. And now that, that restriction seems to be gone. Yeah. So like it, right out of the get-go, there's a six-page sequence where um, when uh, Walker is questioning somebody who's involved in a Powers-related um, incident and – he asked her to tell him what happened, and over the next six pages, there's no dialogue, just you know, kind of panels describing what happened at this nightclub she was at, and it just like I feel as if with the old page count, we never would have gotten the sequence. Yeah, that's true. You know, but it, yeah, it would have been, it wouldn't have been a long bunch of dialogue boxes and balloons and things. Yeah. Exactly, or it wouldn't have been as it wouldn't have been as paced, you know, like kind yeah. of bigly and but also like you know at the right pace you know like i don't know so. did you notice that some of the panels not even whole pages but some of them look like they were scanned at like a lower resolution or something like that no i didn't i noticed some edgy lines in different places a lot some of it's on the coloring and then some of it if you look in the very back of it when there's the scene of the dead superhero girls everywhere yeah it's like one of the panels it looks like they zoomed in digitally and it's just not good it's the second to last oh. page on the other on the left side yeah i see it the i don't lines are all edgy which I, I I caught that a couple times through here, and that kind of threw me. That's part of the color thing, I think. Yeah, possibly. I don't. Know. I didn't. I didn't notice that. And I'm looking at it now, and I don't. Re- I I kind of see it, but the I don't. girl laying down the yeah. the, the yeah. inner chest. I yeah. think reading this. Um, first of all, we're all big Bendis fans. We all like you know Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers and, and Mighty Avengers and everything else. But reading this, it was like, oh yes, you know, yeah. this 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 is the stuff. I mean, this you can. This is one of those books we talk about all the time. Where you can really tell when the creators pour everything they've got into it. Yep. Yep. 
can really feel the love for the book coming out of, out of the pages that you can't always feel in other works. Yeah. And, and this was after I was done with this, I was like, this that was the stuff. I mean, that was like a cold drink of water on a hot day. Yeah. Now, yeah. N- now speaking of feeling the love, and not to get too immature on us or anything like that, but there was an odd theme in the two books that were the leading candidates for pick of the week, and that there was a lot of fucking in these books. <laughs> and <laughs> and ultimately, powers won out because there's a sex scene between Walker and his girlfriend that was re- actually reminded me of Mad Men number three that we talked about a couple weeks ago in terms of a interesting use of the comic form. Oming loves to draw the fucking. Well, this is this is this is taking it beyond like a step beyond. Well, and now, now yeah. keep in mind that that the first time Walker had sex with this girlfriend when when there's the, the electricity when I guess when he when he gets off or whatever you know like. The the first I bought a I bought that a page from that sequence so like it, it's it's I thought of that when I read the page yeah I know exactly so I thought of that too that was funny but what Oming did with the two page spread with sixty panels of them doing it and it was I love not you, I love that you counted by the way it was not um of course I counted I know it was it was not um <laughs> it was not perverse it was not like uncalled for it was not it exploitative it was not exploitative exploitative you know really like explicit but, actually. Right, but it, but it was, but it, it. I mean, I felt it. Not that I felt it, but I mean, like, like you, you know, like he means he was feeling it at the time. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That, that I mean, like you could, you could. Um. I mean, you. If I was right there with them, I felt as if I was in the room. Oh. It was. <laughs> I just thought it was really well done, and here's, it was here's really something else. I think we don't get in a regular twenty-two page comic. Exactly. We should exactly. also mention uh, not a kid's book. Not a kid's book at all. Nor is this podcast. But oh, we should have mentioned something that before that before that happened, didn't, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. Oh well. So yeah. So powers, powers was just back to its old game. I'm so excited. I hope they stay on schedule. I mean, I, I wish I could say that they will, but I don't know. I don't this, this is my. This is funny because this is like always going like going home. This is my first Bendis. My first Bendis I ever bought was Powers number one when it came out, and I've been following it all along. And it's funny that this is still going mm. strong like this after he's changed so much. Not in a bad way, but like if you think about his position. Yeah. And yeah, normally notice? guys don't stay with these books. No, I know. I love that. I mean, even Astro City has sort of fallen by the wayside a little more than this yeah no exactly and that that one breaks my heart oh, yeah. i love that book did you so. did you notice the cover which which one did you get uh i have the bendis cover yeah so do i oh, i didn't know there was another one yeah the omen cover yeah, the, ben- the, 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 the bendis cover which took him maybe maybe 20 minutes well there's some painting sort of stuff going on there yeah maybe maybe it's part of a larger piece and they zoomed in maybe <laughs> well, you know what this, this art's not a whole lot different than the art that i've i've grown used to from him yeah true i mean there's a lot of silhouettes and stuff too and Jenks and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, but the other book that came very close to being the pick of the week that also had some fucking in it was, um, was Criminal Number Eight, <laughs> which ironically is is another um, Powers is published by the Icon imprint, the creator on imprint at Marvel. Criminal is also out of Icon, which and exists is, solely to please Bendis and Brubaker. Yeah, and is also a labor of love of Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Um, and so I thought it was fitting that those two books were kind of duking it out. And I thought this issue was possibly the best issue of Criminal yet. I think I might be right there with you. Yeah. I'm yeah. definitely enjoying this storyline more than the previous. Way more. I think it's yep. the lack of a soul patch. Yeah. <laughs> I yep. think that this one thing that's beautiful in this is like he'd say something at the end of one page and you'd flip it and it finished. The, the, and it was just like it was a little cliched but a little clever and just it was just enough fun yep. in that noir style. I, I just – I loved this book. 
this this was the I thought I've been I enjoy Phillips's art when it's on, but I've noticed throughout previous issues stuff like that there every now and then there's been a moment where it's been off for me at least. But every page, every panel was spot on, was was so well done. This, this was like he had no Marvel zombies to distract himself with. Yes, exactly, exactly. So I can't wait to see where this I mean, I'm reading this book and the plot is that there's two brothers, one goes to the to war, and the other one is stays home as a criminal. He he gets killed, the brother comes back from war and now he's trying to find out what happened to his younger brother and, and exact revenge. And I I'm on pins and needles now because he's joined the gang, he's he's yeah. he's getting in inside, they're planning the big heist or whatever they're planning. And I just you know, you you just keep waiting for for him to either get his cover blown or to to, to revenge his brother, and it's just it's just oh. It's, well, this yeah. this reminds me of uh, of Sleeper, which yes, maybe yeah. my favorite thing that that uh, Brubaker's ever done, and there by extension uh, Sean Phillips, because basically the thing about Sleeper was he's a double agent, so he's always among all these people. Every moment is tense, and you're wondering when he's going to get like found out. Now, in that, the stakes. I guess we're a little bit higher because the punishment would have been really horrible because he was working with like the most evil people. This is the same thing, but on a street level. So I guess maybe that's like it feels like that, which is what, which is, which is apparently what he does really, really well. Yeah. And and personally, for me, the, the, like what almost put me over the top, um, like they both, the, both Powers and Criminal had moments that made me fall in love with them. Mm-hmm. For Powers, it was the it was this extended sequences and the sex scene. Mm-hmm. For Criminal, on the third page, it's when. Uh, the main character Tracy Lawless is looking out the window, watching the snow and the text and the the prose about how he likes to make the city look, how it makes it look unspoiled, like a new found snowfall. And I was just like, oh god, yes! I was just like, that is so good. Like three pages in, and I'm already like savoring it. It was just, oh, it was great. It was just, it was. It was I actually such a like good- the bit where um, he he slept with the girl. And he's laying there in bed, and he's kind of looking at her, and he's thinking to himself. Actually, it's not. It's not. It's third person narration, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Which is interesting. And he and he's like, and he, you know, had he had she had she made him happy, brought him some kind of peace. He hoped so, and he yeah. hoped he wouldn't have to kill her. And you turn the page. <laughs> yeah, no, right. And then you turn the page, and it's like the rest of the crew, though, he could go either way on. And then it leads <laughs> to these tense sequences, and yeah. Oh, this was. This, the more we talk about this, the more I'm like, God, this really was great, wasn't it? Yeah, but this is the same. This is the same thing as Powers. This is the book where you can tell that Bruce Baker is just loving every page of this book. And and what I think is amazing is the fact that it's being done by Marvel and Marvel who have faltered and fallen on the creator-owned imprint. You know the epic line. You know the epic line disaster that happened. You know twenty years ago and then recently and all this kind of stuff. And what it seems they've done is they just they said, listen, we'll handle the production, we'll handle the the, the printing. You just make your comic books and look at what can be done when you let the when you let the artist go to it. You know. Yeah, but these are different than all those, and that the epic seems or icon seems to be like a it's like a perk for yeah it's only for two guys Apex it's not like guys. it's a line of comics it's yeah just i mean like I, they'll, they'll let, books. yeah they'll let straczynski do a book in here if he wants to but like you couldn't pitch to epic or icon yeah no i don't think no i definitely think you got to get in and prove yourself and stuff like that but what but what it is is it's 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 just untouched it's yeah. it's it's almost like you know i mean like i i, mean, I imagine they i mean bendis and oming were and mac were doing that at image with you know with, with powers and with kabuki and i'm sure um brubaker could have done that but it's great to see marvel embrace that kind of approach at least you know whether it's for their golden boys or not i mean i don't you know mac kind of is a golden boy but not as much as bendis and you know 
Um, but it's just kind of letting them do what they do and do it well, you know. And I think that's great to see, you know, because we get such great product out like this. So yeah, th- so. these are two books that I don't enough people are not reading. I don't think that either of them are in any, any danger of going away. But it re- like if you if you can track down what are we on eight eight so six seven eight uh, criminal number well, six through eight like like the, there's just no better comics right now. Or go by the cat. Or go by the first trade paperback. Even though, like, we like the storyline better, the first trade paperback we still thought was great. So yeah, yeah. it's still it, right. It's it's still it's called Coward. It doesn't say yeah. criminal anywhere on it. Yeah, it's just criminal on it. It's just a criminal oh, a criminal right. story or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but and also, if you've ever been thinking about powers, this is the week to go try it. Yes. So yeah. Let's, so that's it. Let's get back to 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 where the bread and butter is now. What what's the event of the summer, guys? Uh, the Sinestro Corps War. Oh yeah. <laughs> Is it's, it? I think it is. I think it's the most under the radar, quietly becoming the event that I care about this summer. I don't know More how the, under the radar it is. I think people just like it. Well, no, but I think it's compared to World War Hulk and compared to Countdown and compared to all the other stuff that's going on. I feel as if this is benefiting from there being bigger people. Yeah, in the there's definitely more hype to other. Yes. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right, but but yeah. Well, I, see, I don't. I guess I don't pay attention to that so much, and I'm like, this is the one that I'm enjoying. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. This is the one that's good. So, so Green Lantern number twenty-two. Did you guys enjoy? I did. I did very much, and I keep expecting not to. <laughs> well, just because you know, because it, it is an event, and I do have event burnout. I think, uh, but it definitely kept sort of the the pace going, and it, it and the tone achieved by the Sinestro Corps special. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you turn the page, and there's a bunch of aliens and Green Lanterns all fighting with each other, and I liked seeing uh, the development of the all of the Green Lantern Corps hate Hal Jordan storyline because yep. I'm getting sick to death of that right. and at least they didn't like let him die I guess which you know they fought with him like we're not going to like you but you're you know you're our man so right well and it's not all of the core I mean these are the, the right. those that, that's the select group that that were that were affected the most by when he was parallax no so. I know I just I'm just getting tired of it because that's been going yeah. on since what are we on Green Lantern 22 yeah. That's, yeah, that's the first one now. Yeah, let's let's move along. Connor, what did you think? I liked it. I didn't love it as much as the previous chapters. I think by by this point, we should probably have a clear idea of what is going on. Besides, just a lot of fighting. Mm-hmm. But I'm enjoying it. I just for the first time, I thought, well, maybe maybe a little bit more explanation. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel I feel as if we got development. I mean, there's a lot of fighting, and much in the same way that World War Hulk is like a big summer action movie. A lot of sci-fi kind of fighting in that regard. Yeah, but I, but I thought know where we had this is going. I'm sorry. Oh, like, but I don't know where this is going. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and well, I don't know where Hulk is going either. But yeah. um, um, but what I thought was interesting was that we had really creepy developments on the Sinestro Corps side. Yeah. Like, like the one page with the boy who's no longer the for, the villain formerly known as Superboy. Right. Um, like which was yeah Prime I guess is that being uh, yeah, called. Yeah. I, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> and the Hank Henshaw Cyborg Superman pages. Mm-hmm. I thought well, that stuff was real good. Yeah. I thought that was great, and that moved that along to kind of explain what you know, not not explain, but hint at what their their role is. Because I was kind of curious what their role was. I got totally creeped out by the Kyle Rayner mouth. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. The That's whole, the one thing I don't like about Parallax is the fangs and the teeth. Yeah. And stuff. It gave me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. yeah. The, the, Did you read the it? Hole in the back of his throat. Yeah. Ugh. That's just. Ugh. Did you read it late at night? Uh, it was dark. Yeah. Ugh. It's like the Sarlacc pit, or like the sphincter from hell. Yeah, it's not pretty. Yeah. You know what's funny? No, I mean, is this is a lot of fun. It's just, yeah. I didn't buy the Green Lantern Corps that preceded this part of it. You didn't need to. I, I know. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to catch up. And then I started. I was like, I don't feel like I missed anything. I don't believe <laughs> I'm gonna buy that one either because I bought it too, and that was a waste of time. Okay, good. I'm I'm glad yeah. to know that. Cool. It was fun. 
So, um, but then in terms of the other events books, um, Countdown number thirty-eight. What did y'all think of this one? Or Josh, are you still I'm, with I'm Countdown? I'm curious to know why you wanted to talk about it. Because I actually enjoyed this one probably the most out of any issues that have come out of the Countdown series for some reason. I don't know why. Had a great cover. Um, it had a great cover. I think a part of it was that I really enjoyed the um, the flow of the stories in a way that hasn't been done before in the series. Where similar to similar to what you're saying, what's going on with criminal actually a similar kind of device where somebody says starts a sentence and it, it trails off an ellipsis and yeah. you turn the page and it moves on and they picked up the answer. You know, I really like that that because that really felt as if these because the biggest problem I've had with with 52 and then and more so accountant is that these stories have been kind of so disconnected. I don't understand how they all tie into each other. And even though they don't plot wise, I felt as if that device made the made the story flow a lot better. What did so. you like out of this one? What, what I, I just just leaving through it now, I'm sort of reminded. I thought the Tim scenes with Jimmy Olsen were fantastic. I thought that was great. I thought the um, the Oracle scenes, the calculator. I love calculator. I wish I I, I love the idea of Oracle and calculator as to, you know you know two sides of the coin in terms of computer geekery. You know, like behind the scenes, even though it's all totally impossible in fiction, but like whatever. Let me ask and, you one other one other question. Uh, yep. When the question decides to let the rogues go, what did you think? Uh, I don't know. I was indifferent. It was a little unbelievable. Also, her hat disappeared. But yes, yeah, yeah. I, and she I, needs I, to wear. She needs to wear the hat all the time. I didn't mind it without the hat, but I, I think there were, were yeah, there were good and bad part, parts of this one. I thought there was some there was some fun scenes. The Robinson stuff was good. The Jimmy, the um, I liked the question stuff, even though the letting them go didn't really make any sense. But, I even uh, li- I even liked the Mary Marvel stuff. You know what I mean? Like. I, I mean, really, the the only one that didn't. I think the the only one that 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 was. Slow, if anything, in, in a countdown across the board is the Holly Robinson one, which just didn't even have any. And hey. then this this didn't have a lot of Jason Todd, um, Donna Troy, which which I think is slowing things down as well. You know, because I don't really get what's going on either. So yeah, I don't know. I just I just really enjoyed it. I just felt as if that this this was a, a glimmer of what this book could be. And so. This one was drawn by uh, Jesus Saez, who did Checkmate for most of the run. Yeah, it, was, it, was, well, it looks real good too. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, so. All right, cool. Well, um, speaking of Countdown, <laughs> uh, this episode is sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe, um, which is one of uh, America's best and most progressive comic book stores. Uh, they've got the, one of the best selections of comp- comic book titles and comic merchandise you could ever find. They're located in New York City, um, and they're the place where art and literature meet. And we're pleased to announce on their end, and we're helping them out here. Um, they've got a, a JHU Countdown sale. That's the JHU Countdown. It's a nine-day sale on all back issues that are under twenty dollars in both of their stores in New York. And the way it's the way it's going to work is on on August thirteenth, um, all back issues under twenty dollars are ten percent off. And then on the fourteenth, they're twenty percent off. And the fifteenth, they're thirty percent off. And that keeps going until the twenty-first. When on August twenty-first, you get ninety percent off all back issues under twenty dollars. So you can get there early and get a discount and get a good selection, or you can get there later and get an awesome discount, but the good stuff might be gone. It's sort of like being in a comic convention. Exactly, exactly. So um, so I'm excited for the Jim Hanley's Universe Countdown. I know I'm going to go to the store um, and try to load up on some back issues. So um, if you want to go, if you're in the New York City area, you, you can go to their Manhattan store, which is located across the street from the Empire State Building in Midtown on 33rd Street, or they're also on Staten Island at 325 New Dorp Lane. Um, and you can also go online and visit them at jhuniverse.com, and they're also on MySpace at uh, myspace.com slash Jim Hanley's Universe. And also you can call them. You can do mail order. If you're looking for a book, they'll find it and they'll order it for you. They're really they're knowledgeable staff, great folks over there. So head over to Jim Hanley's Universe. Tell them my fanboy sent you. Friend them on MySpace and enjoy the comics. So. <laughs> 
quickly, you wanted to talk about Nova number five, or as I call it, we didn't realize that Green Lantern would be doing this too. <laughs> That's really good. Um, is Nova dead? <laughs> no, no the, only, the only reason why I wanted to point this out is that Nova is not dead. Richard, Richard Ryder is not dead. But that, literally, that, that, the end, he yeah. turns into parallax. No, really? he doesn't turn to parallax. Basically, no, he doesn't. Okay. Has he turned to parallax? Well, it's not parallax, but basically, Richard Ryder. Uh, here's the, if you're not reading it, I get but foot whatever. Um, if the last page you turn and the bad guys have infected Richard Ryder, who is near dead, and he stands. Yeah, up. He's, it, the, the fa- phal- phalanx got yeah, on the face. So he's he's evil now. Much well, like we don't Kyle know Rainer in. Yeah. Well, he appears to be. It's still the same deal. It's the exact well, the same last that, page as the Sinestro Corps special. Yeah, I mean, it, it is that and that the other side taking him over. But like, we, the thing is, you don't know what the if the Phalanx are evil or not. They're just they're just being you know they're just they're conquering. But you their their motives are sketchy. I think they're like the Borg. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But and either way, on a, on a grand scale, it was, it was really similar. Yeah, I mean, it's well, well, the whole concept was really similar. No, I know. I, I just thought it was funny that they happened, and I'm I guarantee you, it wasn't like they probably didn't know what was going to happen in Green Lantern. It happened. I'm sure it happened organically. But I can imagine when Sinestro Corps hit, like There's the guys like, oh, who were scripting this went, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's like, three books this week: Green Lantern, Nova, and Powers, all featuring some sort of galactic core yeah, of yep. space. Yep. Cops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and just to break it down, Richard Ryder is considered Nova Prime now, and the Cree woman who found his body when she became Nova, she had the old his the old Nova costume, and now she's Nova zero 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 one. So she's the beginning of rebuilding the Nova Corps. So as I predicted, which is exa- also what happened in Green Lantern. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but whatever, it's Nova, and I love it, so it doesn't matter. You guys buying DMZ and issues? Trade yeah. li- no, lightly. Trade, on this. So you better shut your mouth. I just want to say that the the current storyline, Friendly Fire, ended this part five of five, and it ended really strong. I thought. I love um, to hear that it's still going to be good when we get there. Yes, it will be. Um, the the five issue storyline was a little rough at times. It was sh- it, it wavered a little in my eyes, like around issue three or four. Um, but it ended really, really strong. That's all I want to say about DMZ. So trade number three comes out September. Yep. So keep an eye on it. DMZ. I just wanted to mention uh, on Daredevil uh, this week. Uh, we've been saying how it felt kind of slow, and I really loved this week. Uh, the 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 stakes were picking up all over the place, and it was just right. Like, but here's but, my problem with Daredevil. All right, all right. The first page, the title page, the, the, to the devil has due part five of five. Yes, and then the last page to be continued. Yep, that's interesting. It okay, is very well because the next that. issue is the hundredth issue. The next issue is the hundredth issue. So right. you're just, right. I just love that it was like raise the stakes, raise the stakes, raise the stakes all over the place. Okay. Well, yeah, and I agree with you, but I felt as if the ending disappointed because I might not, I'm not as up on my Daredevil history as I am, like my X Men history. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who the villain at the end, what the reveal was, so it didn't mean anything to me. No, I didn't either. I was actually more thinking yeah. about the fact that like they're going to have to deal with what happened with Mila more than anything, and Mila, 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 who cares? Uh, she's, oh, she she's dead anyway. She doesn't. It's, she's not long for this world. Yeah. Well. Yeah. No. True. But no, I felt as if that reveal was supposed to be one of those like, oh crap, look who that is. And it's I was funny because like, I was and, like, Doctor Doom looks weird. Yeah. Uh, um. It looks like the mask. It looks like the guy from the Mask of the Phantasm. Remember that Batman? Yeah. 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 But I mean, like, ultimately, we find out who the person coordinating this on Daredevil is, and who's you know trying to take over Hell's Kitchen again, and it's somebody. It's Larry Cranston. <laughs> I'm that's, just like, that oh, feels, that feels shit! It's Larry Cranston. I'm just like, who the fuck that is Larry Cranston? Feels familiar to me, like I should remember it, but don't. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it 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 didn't it didn't really have the the and hopefully they'll explain that in issue number one hundred, which I assume sure. is going to be double sized and awesome. Yeah. But still, you know, you know, it what? it's like good. doesn't even matter how bad this book is to me. I just like the way it does what it does. Yeah, it's funny that he's fighting supervillains though, because I'm kind of not used to that. I'm like, oh yeah, they're supervillains. Oh okay, here we go. I got it. Fear is a law school Mr. classmate of Matt Murdock. I found the exact same thing. Yeah, he's the primary villain from um, Daredevil. Daredevil number six in 1965. No shit. No, Daredevil number 89, I'm sorry, and 72 is for Cranston. So it's Mr. Fear, that's who it is. Brubaker, you don't think of him this way, but he has a real way of taking things back to their roots. Yeah. Did it with Captain America, did with this. Last thing I want to mention is... Wait, hang on, I just love this entry in Wikipedia. Cranston has resurfaced, providing the criminals of Hell's Kitchen a drug that causes the user to become completely unafraid of death, death in an attempt to make Daredevil's life miserable. (laughs) That's his motivation. I just want to make his life miserable. They're all men without fear. (laughs) The last thing I wanted to mention was uh, after last month's uh, Pick of the Week on Fable 63, which was that the Good Prince storyline, which is excellent, this issue was like uh, 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 interlude in the middle of it. Now, at first, I was like, "Oh, I don't want that," but it's all about the Cubs. And and if you haven't read it, you won't know what that means. But if you do, you do. And I the, love the, the baseball, baseball team. team. Yeah, we'll go with that for now. No, uh, <laughs> the Cubs in the story, and and sure. I, for some reason they're they sort suck of, this year. No, they're doing better, aren't they, Connor? You're just yeah. making it take longer. <laughs> uh, the the Cubs are one of the things I really like about this story. It's incredibly cutesy, uh, but they're fun, and this was a really fun issue, and it tied in with Jack of Fables really really well in this way that like the books aren't connected but they are you don't need to read one for the other but if you are reading both this is like little bits of extra treat uh it's just continuing to be really good and i just love all the different styles that he writes the book in and uh still good that's basically it this might one day i will buy the third fable trade. i don't know when that day is but it'll happen (laughs) (laughs) all right until then though i got movies to watch nice shit and uh to do that i go to netflix www.netflix.com slash ifanboy over 75,000 titles. They got free shipping both ways, fast delivery. You go on a website, you make a list. They send, they send you the movies at the top of your list. You watch them, you send them back. They send you the next one. It's beautiful. Plan starting as low as four ninety nine a month. And if you go to www.netflix.com slash iFanboy, you get a two-week free trial. That's netflix.com. All right. So um, so as we get back from San Diego and we try to sort out our lives, we realize that our inbox is overflowing. So we're going to get through a bunch of them this, this episode. Connor, do you want to do the honors on this first, first one? one. Uh, yes. Okay. Betsy L. from Sioux Falls, South Dakota says, So this is the first time I'm contacting you guys. And first I'd like to say I love your show. Both the video and the audio podcast, you three dudes and the interns, have all really helped me refine my growing obsession with comics. But, and yes, there's a but, I have to admit you guys have led me astray. Strangers in Paradise was, in a word, girly. And yes, I'm a girl, so you can't be all, yo, you're a boy, don't like superheroes and whatnot. So there. I bought this comic, the first pocket trade paperback, to hopefully get my sister into comics because she looks at me like a dweeb when I go on and on about why the last man and irredeemable Ant-Man. She said, bring me a girly relationship book and perhaps we'll see. I said yes and took Ron's advice and bought and read this book. Within the first several pages, I wanted to stab Francine in her stupid face for reminding me of an ex-friend of mine who acts exactly like her. Removing all sharp objects from the room before telling Kachu that A, Francine will only ruin her life, even if she did not stop pining for asshat boys and date her. And B, this will never happen because no matter how much people tell her she's cute or smart or funny, she won't believe it and will be more concerned with social conventions and being miserable herself to do anything to make herself happy. And in conclusion, she will make your life a misery. And hey, I bet that's what happened throughout the entire series until it ended. Basically, I've been grinding my teeth about this because aside from one thing, I've agreed with you guys and everything. So, okay, here's my point. What the hell did you, even Connor, see in this comic and I didn't? Wow. I think you're bringing your own baggage to the story, quite honestly. I'd like, well, I'd yeah. like to point out that I, I, by, by implication, I am 
too manly for this comic. You are too manly. It actually. It, and, it, and in it, fact, Betsy, I was not a big fan of Strangers in Paradise. I did not read past the second trade. Well, here, here's the thing. Number one, the caveat is, is not everything's not for everybody. <laughs> so that's the first one. <laughs> the second statement is, is that did she finish the whole first pocket trade paperback? Because as I always say with Strangers, is the first trade, the first trade paperback that came out, the first little black covered one. Gets a little goofy, gets a little more humory, gets a little more not as realistic or serious. Man. But the second trade, I Dream of You, is when it turns the drama up a notch and actually gives you a better representation of what the book is is like. And there is um, a, there is a different kind of story in there that becomes yeah. there's an espionage story and a crime story and a. Now the is thing- she correct that 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 this is what happened? Does does uh, no. Francine no. send her whole the whole book miserable until she realizes she loves uh, Kitchu? Um, sort of. Yes and no. I mean, not in the way that she's describing, I don't think. No. I think one of the things that makes Strangers in Paradise so brilliant as what it was is that, yes, Francine reminds you of an ex-friend of yours. You know, like, it is a it is a, a traits of humanity that are true that you can relate to, that you might not like, but you watch them grow as characters and as people over these years, and you see them get to the end point in a way that is that is touching and heartwarming, and that's why I liked it. You know, like I, I, I think, you know, the point of the book is, Sort of. One of the things is you grow up to accept the person that you are, and, yeah, and therefore yes. you will find some sort of happiness in that. Yeah. So we we hope we hope your ex friend has found happiness, and she's not your ex friend because <laughs> she annoys you. But um, you're definitely bringing your own baggage to the table, and please leave it at the door. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but you know, like kidding. you know, Ron. I mean, Ron and I like it, but Connor doesn't like it. So. Hey, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't necessarily for me. I might give it a chance simply because Terry Moore is so awesome, but. Um, I, you, you know, I didn't love it. I don't. I don't feel bad about it. No matter how many times Ron and Josh say I have no soul. Yeah. Here, here's here's some advice. You want a girly book for your sister? Give her fables. <laughs> it's not girly. No, I mean, I'm. I mean, I mean, not, right? It, no, it's not a girly book. Well, well, we'll see. I, I don't. I don't think. So. I don't think it is at all. Go Give her Runaways or or um, get, get Andy Watson stuff. Yeah, Andy Watson is a good thing. Well, it depends on what you mean by girly. But um, yeah, get Andy Watson, get um, Slow News Day, or get um, uh, Love Fights, or Breakfast. Yeah, yeah. So. Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man. Yeah, Sp- oh, Spider- Mary Jane loves Spider Man. Yeah, Mary Jane loves Spider Man definitely. But um, yeah, but Terry Moore is writing. Didn't he write an issue of that? He's gonna <laughs> take be writing it over. Yeah, right. That's it. He's also taking. John McKeever wrote it. Right, that's the one. And someone else uh, before him. Um, our next email is from Sean from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, he said the other day he happened to be reading World War Hulk number three and he sneezed. As he sneezed, he felt like his damned eyeball was going to fall out. And he asked himself this question. If the Hulk is madder than the Hulk has ever been, and his power levels are crazy high, if he should sneeze now, would he blow out an eyeball? Dr. Josh. <laughs> He's, yeah, he, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say yes, and then I went, no, 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 when he's, 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 he's indestructible. Yeah, He's he a, can't hurt himself. No, and actually, question: Can an indestructible person hurt themselves? No. Well, no, they're indestructible. Yeah, but just like yourself? you can't hurt yourself, like you couldn't sneeze and blow your own eye, eyeball out. He's proportionally that strong. Right. Well, no. Well, you could hurt yourself if you want if you wanted to, but you won't hurt yourself doing things like sneezing because your body regulates that. What about lifting something very heavy? You might str- you might strain back, with your back, not your knees. Well, you might strain strain yourself. Banner. He's he projects his rage outwardly, not in your or the Hulk projects his rage outwardly, not inwardly. Whereas Banner would 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 hurt himself, but when he's the Hulk, it's somebody else's fault. We've spent too much time on this. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. But listen, Josh, <laughs> Josh from Portland, Maine. Wait a minute. I'm not from Portland. Josh, you can just talk to us. You don't need to send an email in. Yeah. 
Just call Josh, me. You Josh, guys won't Josh, call me back, so I start writing in letters to the contact at iFanboy address. <laughs> That's why. Uh, he writes and says, I recently discovered that the town I live in now has a great library system with tons and tons of graphic novels to pick from. It has allowed me to catch up on a ton of stuff I've had recommended by you and other fans like Runaways, Why, Fables, Invincible, DMZ, etc. However, simply borrowing all these trades to read them means my trade collection is pretty slim. I was wondering what it is about a trade that makes you guys want to buy it and have it as your own rather than simply borrow it from each other or browse through it at a local shop or library. Is it the bonus material, the presentation, like the awesome Absolute Edition? Simply being a favorite series of yours or some other X Factor? No pun intended. That's a really good question. That's a great question. I was thinking about this sort of thing just the other day because I realized that if I don't love something or I like it but I don't love it and I've read it, I don't feel the need to buy it. So, for example, like I'll read books that you guys have or I'll borrow them. And well, even we, should, we should preface it by saying we, we do pass around books like crazy. Oh, me. yeah, like in, yeah, insane. Yeah. But, like, for example, I didn't buy DMZ, which I really, really liked, but I read Connors, so I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't buy it for whatever reason. And I don't know, like, I don't really feel the need now to have the complete library just because I don't have enough space. But, like, I have all my Walking Dead and all my Invincible traits, and I want to have those because I love that story. I I don't know. I, I, I mean, no, no. I mean, like, I don't know what, what it is that made me buy why and not borrow it from you guys or, or whatever. You know, like, it's just, like, it's just the feeling you get. I mean, definitely there's an archival aspect of it where, like, these absolutes and the omnibuses and stuff like that, those are ones I want for, like, my permanent collection. Well, what would it take for you to buy something that you already own in issues? That's an absolute. That's an absolute, yeah. That's, right. the, that's the archival presentation or extra bonus material or oversized. If, if something's got – slap a hardcover and make it bigger than it was originally printed and I'm drooling. I mean that, that's a no-brainer. It but takes like, a lot for me to buy a trade well, of something that I already own. Well, case in point, uh, this week uh, Alan Moore's run on Wildcats came out in trade paperback, and I love that run. I have it all in issues. I stood there in the store holding the trade, and I said, I have the issues, and I put it back. You know, like because it didn't, it didn't. Yeah. The trade didn't wow me enough to want make me want to get it. I'm trying to think. I bought all of Alias in trade, and after I'd owned about half the issues, eh, yeah. probably a quarter. Oh, now, now that's a good example. I have every issue of Alias, and I have the Alias on the bus. Yeah. So, well, yeah. that was special. Yeah. So I keep everything. I want to keep everything, and not just with comics. I've got books all up the wazoo. I I watch a movie and see those old Victorian England libraries with the guys on a double ladder and swinging down the the wall picking books out and I want that. Do you cool. think? Do you guys do? I what want I, books everywhere. I, I I actually do tend to think I'm like I want to have these books everywhere. Same deal, but because like someday I want to have like 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 a, like my kids will be like, wow, these books are great. No, probably just me. No. Kids, fuck them. No, but like seriously, <laughs> I do think that that like someday if I have kids and I want. Like it's really cool to have this great library around that has all this other yeah, stuff yeah. that they can discover totally. like I did. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, I'm not, I'm not as, I'm not as worried as space as you are, Josh. I mean, you seem to be, you know, like that's a, that's a factor for you. Well, and no, what happens is, is I'll, always, I'll, I'll always make the space for the books, and like what I definitely. To me, is that the collection gets to be, it gets to be scary to me, and every once in a while, I like, go through a neurotic fit of I'll never be able to read all this again. Uh, well, I'm weird. I just want the books everywhere. I like the smell of books. You like to just put them over your naked body and bathe in them. He wants. He well, it's wants, more of a. It's, yeah. He wants it's if there's a, a fire to die immediately. <laughs> it's like Uncle Scrooge in the vault. Yeah. 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 If there's a fire anyway. in either of your places, you're going down. Going up. Anyway, um, all right. So thank you, Josh. That's a great question. Our next email comes from Michael, um, who wants to know if we if we think we'll ever get to an age where we decide to give up comics. Are there many fifty to sixty year olds buying comics? Would it be weird having kids telling other kids that their dad reads comics and collects toys? Would those other kids make fun of you? Is there some quantum jump in maturity where we have to tell ourselves I'm too old to read about Spider-Man? Will the story still be meaningful for us? That's a tie-in to the previous question. These are long-reaching I, questions. 
Yeah, these are soul searching. I think about this one a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's entirely possible because I don't know how to stop. No, no, I think it's entirely possible that I will stop at some point oh. because I don't know if I'm going to be a 75 year old man buying comics. I don't think I'm ever going to stop because I need medicine. Because I can't. I mean, I can't. I mean, I tried to stop when I went to college. I'm like, all right, enough of this kid stuff, enough of the comics, blah, blah, blah. And I lasted maybe three months. And the fact of the matter is, is that I really enjoy getting my books every Wednesday. I really enjoy the escapism of a couple hours of just reading those books. And I really, you know, Jesus, how you know, 20 years invested in the X-Men, you know, like I'm not going to walk away from that's longer than I've known you guys. Let me add a question to that. How old is, is too old to be doing a podcast about comics? That's a much better question. I think. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly, I think it's 31. <laughs> Countdown to my fanboy extinction begins now. <laughs> Eight months and counting. So what, about, what about you, Josh? Shit, I don't know. You're gonna quit this year, I think. No, I already I think went through a time my... where I switched from you know superheroes just to indies and stopped going weekly, and I can see that definitely. And then into if, trades and hardcovers. And if stuff like superheroes that. undergo a change where there's not adult writers writing for adults then I will lose interest in them very fast. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, well, as long as the quality yeah. keeps up, yeah, absolutely. The, but the thing is, like, the people writing for superhero comics right now are writing for me. I mean, I am, for the most part. Those are the books that I really like. This is dedicated to Josh. <laughs> well, no, but they're writing for my demographic. Like, yeah, adult, you know, men mostly, but, you know, people who are relatively intelligent and read and... Uh, but you know what I mean? They're not they're not written for 12-year-olds, and if they start writing comics for 12-year-olds again, then that I'll move out of superheroes real fast. Cool, so if you've got any emails and you want to send them in, we got a great batch of them this week. That was a lot of fun. Contact at ifanboy.com. All right, cool. So um, we also got we got some voicemails this week, and our first voicemail um, is talking about that topic we can't stop talking about, conventions. I want to. Hey, guys, it's uh, Kyle from Chicago, ASX Kyle on the boards. Um just uh, gearing up for Wizard World Chicago this weekend, and I was just wondering if you guys had any, had any uh, pretty interesting con stories. Uh, I know my first year, I won't get into it in detail, but there, let's just say there was a former pro wrestler named Virgil who kind of screwed me out of $20, but uh, maybe I'll post it on the boards or something like that. But yeah, I was just wondering if you guys had any funny stories or you know any uh, first-time experiences or anything like that. But yeah, I thought it would be pretty interesting to hear what you had to say. All right, later. Ah, the con. Such good memories. Um, we tend to put a lot of our funny stories into the show, but we do. Always, but but some. but but actually, one one of my favorite con moments that's actually happened years ago was at the I think the first year we went to San Diego, um, like two thousand one, two thousand two. But when you know up in the uh, at San Diego in the sales pavilion in the little autograph area, when for some reason there's nobody there, and I just was able to walk right up to Frank Gorshin, who played the Joker on the original Batman. Oh, uh, the Riddler, the Riddler, the Riddler. Fucking hey, the Riddler. You're right, Cesar Romero. Uh, uh, see, yeah, with the mustache. Right, damn it. Um, the Riddler, um, who he was also in one of my favorite Star Trek episodes too, and said hello, shook his hand, got a picture, and that that was kind of one of my favorite kind of little moments, you know, little fan moments. I felt like everybody's favorite moment was was this year was briefly glimpsed in the show, which was when uh, Gordon the intern and I decided to take a pedicab home. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was. Which, uh, if you know Gordon the intern and I and the other intern Patrick who couldn't make it, was that last year we really enjoyed the pedicab ride. You, got, you guys love you love you love your pedicabs. The, 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 just if you don't know and you haven't been there because they don't exist anywhere else, the pedicabs is all these people oh, who stood outside with. Basically, like bicycle rickshaws, and they offer to ride people back to the hotel. They're they're spreading, dude. They're they're popping up in every city. Okay, they're in they're in yeah, New they're York now. 
Yeah. Yeah, they're in New York. They're in San Francisco. They're in um, Everyone Chicago. Lives in yeah. these in these metropolitan areas. I know. I'm just saying. I mean, it's not only San Diego. That's all. So. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. So so we took them a lot last year um, for various reasons I won't get into. But this year, uh, we we didn't really take any. One one day I was bringing the box of shirts back from the convention, and we just decided to say screw it. We took a cab, Gordon and I, and. Um, as you can see in the video, uh, the girl driving the cab wasn't in shape, and she couldn't go very <laughs> fast. And we were lapped by every pedicab that passed us, as well as Ron and Josh on the well, street. I was holding the camera, and I kept running past you <laughs> to shoot it. And then I was like, wait, I'm going to shoot some more. So I run past again. Well, and eventually, about one block from the hotel, she just, she just gave up. Ironically, a lot of our... We literally con- just pulled to the curb and said, I'm done, and we just got out. Ironically, a lot of our con... I think a lot of our shared con memories or favorite con moments don't have anything to do with comics or creators or anything like that. It's weird shit yeah. like that. Or like when, when, when um, we ordered... F- pizza and oh, wings and stuff and the woman came to deliver it and she walked in the hotel room and looked around and looked at the food that we ordered the amount of food and said i thought there'd be more of you <laughs> that, that was one of my favorite moments because <laughs> we'd, we'd ordered like eight pizzas and like three things for like four people <laughs> i feel like i've wasted my best stories already if you listen to the around comics that i was on i told the the hot tub uh slash rob liefeld story yeah, that's a good one. Uh, so you'd have to go research that one, and then there was if you this... look on the if you look on the web, you can also probably find another person's account of our um, uh, interactions with Eddie Campbell and his well, family. The saga of Eddie Campbell. If you oh. can't find it on the web, you should find us. If you ever get a chance to meet us, we'll tell you the story. We're not publishing it. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so. And then the the only other one, just relating to this one, I thought it was really funny. Is that if you watched the Totally Rad show this last week, they taped us when we met those guys. Yeah, and we didn't know the camera was on. And that no idea. exact moment, we were Ron and I were standing there. We were waiting for about forty-five minutes at that point to interview somebody who was finishing up a signing, uh, who will be in the next show, and we did not want to miss him. And then at that same point, that totally rad show came up. Another guy came up to talk to Ron, and another guy came up to talk to me. And it was like the we perfect were, storm. It was amazing. Right, and so you can see us on the video on the Totally Rad Show of la- from last week. We're looking left and right and looking really distracted like we don't want to talk to them. And it's because we just didn't want to lose everything that was happening. <laughs> it, was a, it was a tense moment, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> but so, it all worked out. We got the interview, and we still got to meet everyone. Yeah, cons are a lot of fun. Um, all right, cool. So our next voicemail comes from – actually, I'm surprised where it comes from. Hey guys, how's it going? This is Dave calling you from Montevideo, Uruguay. Um, just was thinking today as I was looking at your website and all the coverage you had of the San Diego stuff, I still haven't seen who won the Eisners, and I'm kind of curious. I was hoping you guys would talk about it in the last uh, podcast, but nothing about it. Maybe you guys could say something about it in the next one. Thanks. Oh, yeah, the Eisner. Right, yeah, we kind of glossed over that. Does anyone well, really talk Friday? about it? Yeah. Yeah. They do, I, they do. People do. I, I, think, I think the thing is we didn't go to the, we didn't go to the awards because it was on the same night as our party. And I think the thing with the Eisners this year was that the nominations were really interesting and really diverse, and the people who won were kind of predictable. But deserved, But deserved. my opinion. I mean, so we didn't really we glossed kind of over it, but I got the list of winners here, and I'll just shout out a couple, and you go, and we can react to it. Um, yep. Best best single issue: Batman: The Spirit Number One by Jeff Loeb and Darwin Cook. You guys, yeah, I love that issue. Yeah, I mean, people, yeah. I mean, people didn't like it as much as, as I did, but I thought it was really fun. Apparently, um, someone did. Uh, best new series: Criminal by Ed Baker and Sean Phillips. You know, we're down with that. Yeah. Um, best anthology: Fables, One Thousand One Nights of Snowfall. That was really good. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's all you can say. Like best reality based work, Fun Home by Alison Bechdel. Yeah, yeah, no argument. 
Best graphic <laughs> album, American Born Chinese by Gene Yang. No argument. <laughs> Best These gra- are all things we love, so. Yeah. Best graphic album reprint, Absolute DC The New Frontier by Darwin <laughs> Cook. It's just like. <laughs> I've worn mine out from stroking it. But I think it's like people throwing us softballs. I know. What I do think is interesting is that Alan Moore didn't win anything. He wasn't nominated for anything. Yeah, he was nominated for a lot of stuff. He didn't – nothing he? won. Well, uh, you know what? I, I, no, he didn't really get nominated actually. He didn't get nominated as much, but what he did get nominated, he didn't win. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't – I mean like if you weren't into Lost Girls for whatever reason – I don't know. I don't think this was like a great year for him. It's not yeah. like he put a lot of work out. I don't know. Fables took a lot. Uh, yeah. uh, Ed Brubaker took a lot. Uh, he took Best Writer for um, for what you want. No, books, Best Writer. Yeah, yeah. Best writer. writer. No, yeah, for Captain America, wasn't it? That's no, no, no. It's, no it's, it's, all, it's all of them. Yeah, I see. I see. Dave Stewart, uh, Best Colorist. Yep, Todd Klein, Best Lettering, well-deserved. Yep. Um, yeah, so I mean... The best series was some, somewhat controversial for people is All-Star Superman. Yep. That was the only one that I don't read it, though, so I don't know, but I have heard like people who do read it absolutely love it, so I, I can't fault that. The only thing uh, that really should have happened that didn't I think, uh, cup noodle. Yeah, cup noodle got the cup noodle got screwed. Yeah, but they lost um, American born Chinese. So yeah, but still, I don't know. Anyway, so the Eisner's, Eisner's are interesting. If you go to if you go to Google, just type in two thousand one Eisner Award winner. Two thousand seven Eisner Award winner. Two thousand one. You can we find went it. That, one. that was boring. the authority. <laughs> Warren Ellis. Box huh? office poison. <laughs> so anyways, the Eisners are interesting. So if you have um if you have a question about the Eisners or about con- conventions or anything, you can send us a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys. That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. But uh, we want to thank uh com for being our sponsor. Um also. Uh they're the spot on the web for toys, action figures, collectibles, prop replicas, stuff like that. Uh they have DC Direct stuff and Marvel Legends stuff and Master Replicas and Star Wars figures and all that stuff. So if you've got a Jones for that kind of thing and there's a lot of toys out there that we saw in San Diego. Some good stuff on the way, yep. Man, there's those those people at DC are just tempting you left and right. You should go to youbynow.com, which is Y-O-U, bynow.com. You by now. Uh, on. Yes. You're an animal. Why? Where are you going? Uh, by the time you listen to this, folks, in the interweb, I will have returned from Chicago, from Wizard World Chicago. Shock and horror. Um, animal. Gordon, the intern, and I will be hitting Chicago. Ha, will have hit Chicago by the time you heard this, and we will have absorbed what is supposed to be a very good convention in Wizard World Chicago. I'm a little spectacle. Um, skeptical. <laughs> skeptical. You're a I'm tiny a, eyeglass. I'm a little spectacle. <laughs> Short and stout. I'm a little skeptical, but we'll see. You're um, like so, data from Goonies to this you, today. You, you, I am. I totally am. We can go uh, hang out with the around comics guys. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna see the Ron Thomas guys. We're gonna, we're gonna hang out with John Suntress, um, some other creators that we're friends with are gonna be there. Mike, gonna... Mike Norton said that if he saw you, he would punch you in the neck. Awesome, fantastic. Yeah, so um, that. Can't wait. Um, <laughs> uh, Matt Sillity from who did the Homeless Channel is gonna be there. He's gonna be out from San Francisco, so it's gonna be cool to hang out with him. It should be interesting. We're hopefully all, I've had a good time. If you go to ifanboy.com, you you will probably be able to see pictures and read uh, me and Gordon's uh, experiences there. And if you tune into ifanboy.com in the next couple of weeks, you might see a video of it. Now you lost your voice at New York. I lost my voice in San Diego. So Connor's gonna mysteriously lose his voice while I'm in Chicago. <laughs> that would be weekend. awesome. <laughs> what happened? I don't we, understand. I slept for twelve hours. We actually <laughs> lost an entire intern at Heroes. Yes, we did. Yeah, completely. <laughs> So, um, so anyway, so we'll have been at Chicago. So if you were at Chicago, hopefully you saw us, and um, we think this is probably we had fun, and hopefully yeah. it was all nice. Sure, we had a good time, and this will probably this is at least the last convention of the summer we'll be attending, and probably the last one of the year. So if you didn't get us, catch us next year. Um, 
righto. Um, but in the meantime, go to ifanboy.com where you can see our, our, our what we thought of Chicago, Wizard World Chicago, as well as the San Diego Comic-Con and all our other conventions. Great co- conversation. Read Pick of the Week. Read my Powers Review. Read what other people thought, and read, it's read a good time. Read some of blogging that's been going on. Yes. Uh, hey, you got stuff. a torso. That torso needs cloth. Yeah, it's true. You got cloth. Yep. Jinx.com slash iFanboy. iFanboy t-shirts. They're awesome. Wow, I was completely lost on that. What does this book have to do with anything? We're, we're, ve- we're very excited as well as some of the iFanboy faithful to get the um, iFanboy t-shirts from Jinx. If you go to iFanboy.com and click up in the upper on in the upper right-hand corner, there's a link to t-shirts. Or you can go to Jinx.com slash iFanboy and get your t-shirt. They're sexy. Also, if you have got a t-shirt, take a picture or send it in. We're going to compile them and we're going to put them all uh, up somewhere. Yeah, and you can also submit them to Jinx and they'll put them up on their site hypothetically. Send them to us too. Yeah. So, um, and if you want to send them to us, you can send them at contact at ifanboy.com. And like we said, you can leave a voicemail one eight 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 fanboys one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. You should uh, you should watch the video show in addition to listening to this show. Uh, last week we brought out our first part of our our big San Diego show, and when I say big, it was big big. Uh, and we have another part equally as large coming out this Wednesday with just as many names in it and, and more fun stuff. You know what I love about the con, which I mentioned the con stories thing was. And we walk around the con going, God, we didn't shoot anything this time. And now we have two shows worth of stuff. That's ridiculous. We have, yeah, that was... we have a feature-length documentary worth of stuff. We really do, actually. Yeah. Um, and if you missed it uh, this past week, if you go back um, last Wednesday, the first part of our San Diego special came out. And it had Jim Lee and Bill Willingham and, and Adam Beechin and um, other people. Jeffrey who were, Brown. <laughs> Jeffrey Brown <laughs> and, and, and other people. So go check that out. And then part two coming out on Wednesday. So go to revision3.com slash ifanboy or look at on ifanboy at around 3 o'clock Eastern time. Have you heard from Robert yet, Downey? I'd rather not comment on the podcast. Sorry, I, I, shouldn't, have that I shouldn't have brought that up. Stupid. Go to com slash ifanboy. Ifanboy. I'm gonna go to ifanboy.com right now. Ifanboy. Tell us where you're from. Put a pin in the map. Represent yourself amongst the legion of ifanboy fans. Ifanboy.com. Uh, he's got a little link in the top right-hand corner. <laughs> and real quickly, um, on Frapper.com slash iFanboy, we've had some recent Frapper folks like Jonathan C. Rose Esquire from Swindon, England. Nice. Um, Cheers, or Zen Bullets from Brighton, England. Cheers, mate. Uh, oh, really? Uh, DJ Evil One, who says, Josh is a pompous BBQ snob. <laughs> he's not wrong. <laughs> and he's from Tokyo, Tokyo, Japan. DJ Evil One, um, Mike Gra- Mike Graham Six from Ottawa, Canada, who says, "What's up, hey, finally?" Yeah, finally, Mike. Um, Patrick from Greenville, North Carolina, who loves the podcast, um, and Blake from Astoria, who says, "Astoria, word, <laughs> where you at?" <laughs> so, um, and <laughs> Dash from Boulder, Colorado, who wrote in last week, who says, "My girlfriend kind of likes comics." Woohoo! <laughs> so uh, go, to, go to frapper.com and check out all the um, the recent or Joe from Fargo, North Carolina, North Dakota, who says Stanley is a scroll. <laughs> he's not. He's a tombot. Everybody knows that. Yes, exactly. Jesus. So, um, so yeah. So go to frapper.com slash ifanboy, where you can join Jeffrey from Overland, Kansas, Overland Park, Kansas, in his opinion that this is the best show ever. We would like to agree with you, Jeffrey. <laughs> Social uh, networks, myspace.com slash ifanboy, comicspace.com slash ifanboy, verb.com slash ifanboy. That's it. Twitter.com slash ifanboy. You can track our movements. Ron, will you be Twittering? Gordon and I Chicago? will be. Gordon and I will have been Twittered in Chicago, so you can go back and read what we Twittered in Chicago, and we I'm will continue to, to Twitter throughout the non-convention season. So, Depending on how late you're Twittering. 
Yeah. Also, you also you can go to Facebook.com and there's an iFanboy group you can join and you can find us on Facebook and be our friend and you can find your way to the group that way as well. So if you like the show, you can uh, help out in all sorts of ways. You can go to PodcastAlley.com and vote or you can uh, you could write a review in iTunes for either the video show or the audio show or both. Uh, that would be wonderful. Even better than that, you can go and tell all of your friends or anybody you think who might like the show or you know just, just help spread the word and uh, you know give people who might like it who don't know about it because podcasting is still new. Yes, it is. So you could do that. Or you could dig the show at dig.com. That would also be good. Yeah, in the podcast section. Um, and finally, if you like what we're doing and you like and you enjoy the show and you want to give back a little, you can go to ifanboy.com slash donations or you can use PayPal to make a donation. Uh, we got a couple of different denominations there. You can choose your own denomination. We've had a couple of very generous people this past week, and so we want to thank everybody who's donated and you kind of help the show. You keep us going, so we really appreciate that. Um, i got to go pack for Chicago, even though you when you hear – I'll be unpacking from Chicago, so <laughs> so until so until next week. I'm Ron. I'm Josh. I'm Connor. <laughs> he didn't I'm hang very up. Very slow. <laughs> We're not good at this. Not good at all. Yeah.